Space, the nerdiest frontier. This is the content warning of the USS Word Balloons. Our continuing mission to solve every nerdy question and talk about penises more than you really think we probably should. Just your fair warning, as again, the aforementioned penises, plus we will swear, and who even knows, the questions have taken me in research directions I never expected. You have been warned. Hi everybody, I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. We're Aeronauts, we're back with more Word Balloons. It's time for our new trip. Hell yeah! We're, we're done on the moon, apparently. I had fun, did you guys have fun? Oh, I love the moon. I, uh, yeah, <clears throat> editor is so way here, uh, I, I had fun. Can't get rid I thought I... Are we gonna leave him? We try, we always try. You can't leave me. <laughs> then we'll have to do the editing. <laughs> and then, like, I was cleaning out the holodeck earlier. Are you gonna clean out the holodeck after Riker has his orgy? Hmm? No, that's fair. That's okay. fair. I'm not going to do it. Are you? I'm, I love how horny we have just kind of collectively decided Riker was. Like, look, he was always horny. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. Anyway, we're starting our new journey. We're off to Utopia Planitia. Going to it's hanging out around Mars. I've never been there, but I think it's going to be a good time. Going further into space, we got one problem. Yeah, there has been a multiversal mishap, <clears throat> and what I can only describe as a Star War has broken out in between here and there. You look so proud of yourself for that name. <laughs> no, it, it's actually more that it pains me that there's nothing better than Star War to call you, it. You're telling me this is some sort of war of stars? Do we have to trek It's a war it? in the stars. It's a war in the stars? And we have to trek by it carefully. Huh. Okay. Unfortunately... Do we have to open any gates to get through? There may be a gate. There? Yeah. Okay. There's actually going to be some battling going on, too. Oh. I don't know those ones, but... Anyway, this is going to be interesting. We're going to have to identify some uh, ships along the way, and they have just ratcheted up security. So the whole thing this season is they're going to be matching what we see against our memories when we get there, because there are some fracking Cylons involved. But before we get there, we have a question to answer. Zach, what's our question this week? In honor of Pride Month, what is the relationship between Star Trek and queer representation? Actually, this is one of the first questions we ever got, and I just haven't tackled it yet. Uh, this felt like a good time. Yeah, I'm going to let you have this one, because I would have just had to look up a bunch of things and almost read it verbatim off the internet. You're you're the Trekkie here. I do so. have a couple of quotes I will be reading verbatim off the internet. Yeah. But the answer was real awkward for most of... Always. <laughs> um, so there was no gay representation in the original Star Trek. There is a story that George Takei, who is gay, talked to Gene Roddenberry about having a gay character on there. And he's like, we are so close to being canceled already. We have black people and women on the bridge. I will, like, lose if I do gay people, too. And they're like, all right, fair enough. It's the 60s. Everyone sucks. Mm -hmm. Gotta pick your battles. And if you're already fighting a lot of battles, it's hard to take on more. I, I get it. That sucks shit, though. Yeah. Into the 90s, there were more attempts. Uh, it has... So in the 90s, it was a little better. Uh, Gene Roddenberry talked in, in uh, 91 about some of his own homophobia and how he was getting past it. So, quote, My attitude toward homosexuality has changed. I came to the conclusion that I was wrong. I was never someone who hunted down fags, as we used to call them on the street. I would sometimes say something anti-homosexual off the top of my head because it was thought in those days to be funny. I never really deeply believed those comments, but I gave the impression of being thoughtless in these areas. I have, over many years, changed my attitude about gay men and women. 
Roddenberry was, like, not always the greatest guy, but he did mean well. So he, like, was trying to change it and promised to introduce a gay character in season five of Star Trek. But then he died Hmm. during season four. So Rick Berman took over. And Berman is a very divisive figure in the Star Trek, like, politics. He ran all of the 90s shows. So he brought out, like, the best era of Star Trek. But he's also a giant dick, from what I understand, and wouldn't really allow gay characters on the show. Okay. He kept having that, like, well, I need a good reason for them. Because they argument. exist, and you should just show yes, people who exactly. exist. Mm-hmm. That's 100%. a good reason. Mm-hmm. But it was the 90s excuse. Right. Like, I'm not homophobic, I just need a reason for there to be gay characters. Because it's homophobic if you don't. <laughs> exactly. They did have a couple of moments. There is an episode where Riker dates a woman from, like, a third gender in a species. Okay. Or a person from a third yeah. gender. But the actress is very clearly a woman. Okay. So it doesn't, like, even uh, the guy who played Riker, Will Frakes, was like, God, that doesn't, we should have hired a man to do it or something. Like, it was so clearly a woman that it just looked like Riker was... Hooking up like Riker does. Yes. But it did sort of imply Riker was bisexual. Nice. Yeah, fair enough. Jadzia Dax in Deep Space Nine kissed a woman, was actually the woman who played Moira Queen in Arrow. Oh, which right. Which is hilarious okay. to me. But it was a, the, the Dax character has like had had multiple lives. It's a symbiote and different people. Okay. So they were like, oh, we were in a relationship in a past life where we were, you know, opposite couples. So it was kind of a huge moment in sci-fi, but it was kind of a cop-out at the same time because it was 1995. Mm-hmm. Um, but there wasn't really anything until the modern Discovery was the first one to have an actually open gay couple, which was like three years ago. So that's not great. That's like 10 years after Will and Grace. But the new shows are queer as hell, and it's great. Anthony Rapp, the guy from Rent, and Tig Notaro both play queer characters, um, something Cruz, I can't remember Dr. Colbert's actor's name, Mm. but it actually has queer characters with queer storylines, and like half the fucking cast is queer. One character talked about, uh, the actress who played, plays Detmer in the new series, talked about how that series gave her the bravery to come out. So that's pretty cool. Okay. But there was a whole lot of like, they tried, kind of, like people up above were like, no, we're not going to let you do that. So we can cut this out if you don't have a good answer for it. But I'm curious to know, because I'm familiar with, like, the history of slash fiction in the Star Trek universe. Star Trek is the origin of slash fiction. Because slash, like, the slash is a genre of two people you want in a TV show to kiss. Mm -hmm. Two boys, specifically. Exists because people were so horny for Kirk and Spock together that it literally spawned a, like, basis of the internet. Which is... That's wild and awesome. And then start not hello oh, start X Files was the one who basically like the term shipping came out of X Files. Oh, I didn't know that one. I didn't know that either. Sci-fi it does some great things for erotica. <laughs> well, uh, I just found this kind of fun that this ended up being the the question to come up because just this week, uh, listening to uh, the podcast Yo Is This Racist, who one of the hosts is in Star Trek. That's Tony Newsom. Tony Newsom oh, uh, yeah. does the voice for um, Mariner, Ensign Mariner? Ensign Mariner. In Lower Decks. And they had, their formats kind of changed a little bit recently, but just uh, one of the one of the voicemails they responded to this week was a little bit more of just a, like, 
wind Tawny up and see what she can say. And it wasn't as race focused as most of their questions real normally are. And it was just this guy being like, "Yeah, like I, I'm kind of a like a not not a very deep Star Trek fan, but I like it. Like whenever shit comes out, I at least check it out and like do this and that. And I have this friend that this most of my life has been this hardcore Trekkie, and as this new shit's been coming out, he hasn't been into it. And I asked him what was going on, and he's like, "Oh, it's gotten too political." And he's like, "Well, I he's like I don't I haven't fucking." been into it as much as him like is that the case or like i'm under the impression that it kind of always has been and it was great because tawny brought up the episode the outsider Mm -hmm. where Riker falls in love with the alien who's from a species who what is it they culturally find it weird to assign a gender they're all monogendered that might be it i know there's one star trek that has that and there's one star trek that has a third gender and i just don't remember yeah, i want track at which storyline i i think the outsiders like they're all like monogendered okay and it's the the weird bit of it is like the character is choosing to basically oh, be, female. to be female yeah yeah i remember this episode I, I've watched through Next Gen like once or twice, so mm-hmm. I, I... I know... Okay, so I'm a straight man, so I can't really comment on it too much, but I know some members of the queer community who were like, no, this was a cop-out. That's so... You're not... This doesn't really work. And other people being like, holy shit, Riker's bisexual. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Or pansexual or whatever. Yeah. Um, she mean, she makes, brought that up. It makes sense, considering how... For so how many years, considering that you just mentioned what was it in 2000... That would have been like ninety four, or, or no, when when discoveries. Uh, with oh, the, the like twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. So the, the in, so Star Trek, which is for the most part very politically centric and like focused on like expansement of the idea of a utopia and what a world that would be, and like dealing with politics usually, but never touching on homosexuality in any facet, like explicitly. Mm-hmm. And that's such a common thread throughout so many different shows up until recently we're not seeing any representation so queer baiting it was a thing and just there and headcanon basically was the only way you could have that representation be a thing is just deciding that oh yep that's Walk. enough mm-hmm. that was enough that's that's the writer getting that squeaking that in that was for me so like i get it i get why people would like latch on to anything if they're trying to find some form of representation in their media and it sounds like the attitudes i mean obviously as you pointed out zach like a lot of the new shows are queer as fuck and just representation across the board bunch of diversity sounds like the attitudes in the studios themselves are all for that (laughs) when uh, in that discussion on yo is this racist like the uh, Tawny's co-host uh, Andrew T it's like even before she started was like I'm asking this question but I'm not sure what you can say because of your contracts and who your employer is and stuff so I, this could be a weird answer too and she's like oh no this is cool like we're actually like these days if bigots come at us we can come back at them and they're all like 100% ready to fucking back us she's nice. like these days live long and prosper is corporate uh, network television speak for go fuck yourself bigots <laughs> that's so good that gave me chills I like that I, I love that real real much I will say with the first season of Discovery it looks at first like they're really hardcore going into the like kill your gaze trope mm. um, and it's actually a really interesting storyline they give two characters but if you at first are like oh man they just fucked over the gay characters that's messed up they're like no there's a there's a saga the two characters have to go through that's real fucking good cool 
I've got to watch Discovery. It's really good. It got a lot of shit, and it didn't deserve any of it. It was mostly, there's a black woman, oh God! <laughs> yeah, I, I started it with my family while I was visiting them, so I was in the kitchen cooking the entire time, and they watched like the first half of the first season while I was overhearing it, mm-hmm. so I got none of it. Well, and I know a lot of people didn't like the first season. I thought it was really good, but if you like Star Trek, give season two a try at least. Well, I guess in order to start our journey off the right way, we're going to have to start to identify some of these ships that we're passing by and hopefully avoiding shots from, because this could suck. (laughs) Yeah, we're not equipped for this. We're an air balloon. Yeah, let me get my my, uh, big book of uh, boat bingo and we'll uh, see if I can get any of these ships. But before we we head into, like, the danger zone... (laughs) Damn it. I'm just I'm curious I'm curious I'm going to add in just like this little extra question just for you guys from we're talking mostly about two extremely famous franchises Star Trek Star Wars Mm -hmm. do you guys have favorite ships oh yeah just oh uh, no I had the like essential guide to vehicles when I was a kid (laughs) like the book Mm mm-hmm I fucking memorized it when I was like nine. What's your favorite ship from... I'm, I'm not going to know from Star Trek for the most part. What's your favorite <laughs> Star Wars ship? I really love the like Carillion cruiser. Like okay. The, the uh, Tantive Four from the first movie that Leia's on. That she has her like ballsy, no, I was just going by. Totally didn't just leave a battle. What are you talking about? I kind of like those mid-level ships that they're not like snub fighters. Like X-Wings sound great, but they sound like they'd be so uncomfortable to travel in. Yes, agreed. I got nothing. The only one I can think of is the Millennium Falcon from Star 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 Wars. <laughs> from Star, <laughs> um, perfect. That was great. And then uh, I like uh, I like the uh, the Enterprise from Next Gen. Do you like Next Gen or the original series Enterprise better? I'm more familiar with Next Gen. I've seen bits and pieces of original series, so I would probably go Next Gen. Fair. Because yeah, I think Star Wars. Oh God, my favorite Star Wars ship is. Deep cut. Uh, Tie Defender. Those are freaking sweet. Yeah, yeah, Tie Defender. <laughs> just ridiculously sweet. The Empire is problematic, but some of their stuff is really fucking cool. I mean, that, why is that a thing? Because <laughs> fucking hate Nazis, but goddamn, whoever designed their fucking uniforms did a really good actually, job. I don't know Hugo who, Boss. Yeah. That's right. It's, <laughs> that's right. I always forget this. It's because he's a fucking really good fashion designer. And it's like, oh, these are some really crisp, clean lines. This is all like really good form and function. I wish it wasn't for a fucking Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> or And that's tied... That's the other thing, though. Like, that might be beat out by a different one, but it's arguable. You could argue that some of them are ships. Basilisk Wardroids. Oh, those are super cool, the Mandalorians. Yeah, Basilisk Wardroids are the shit. Anyway, we're passing by our first ship. We're going to see if Zach can identify it. If he can't, we're going to have to make up for it at the end of the season, or else they are not going to let us in at Utopia Planitia. Someone has to know the ships. It's going to have to be you. So, Zach, what knowledge can you drop on the Chimera? Chimera. Is that Admiral Thrawn's ship? I was just listening to that book last week. It's the only reason I know it. It is an Imperial Star Destroyer, I want to say Mark II, that was Admiral Thrawn's fr- flagship from uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn, first appearing in the, the Thrawn trilogy by Timothy Zahn. I don't know which like which of the books. It's a pretty stat or average Star Destroyer. It's just run by a weird already super genius and fucking fascist but super genius fascist yeah no that's that pretty much all checks out the the one thing is that it's not actually a mark ii the mark ii is a derivative of the imperial i class which it's a part of i read those 
fucking X-Wing books a lot when I was a kid. So yeah, there was a lot of like, that's an imp star deuce. Oh my God. It's a Star Destroyer, but double. That's scarier. Yeah, my ADHD just like really does not let my brain think of um, or remember like names of things like this. So it's always just like, oh, that's the big one. They, they <laughs> crash there. Oh, that's the big one that looks like a refrigerator is stacked on two refrigerators. It's basically the ship that grabs Leia's ship at the beginning of uh, Star Trek A New Hope, but belonging to the blue guy from Star Wars Rebels. Excellent. That actually really helped me a lot. <laughs> um, you got pretty much everything. We're going to call it a half. There okay. are some some differences between it and other other star destroyers, but it's basically yeah, it's basically it, just Thrawn's Thrawn. ship. It's basically just Thrawn's. <laughs> yeah. But it does have a, a couple notable differences. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll do a half. Sounds good. We'll do a half. Well, that's it for today, folks. We're taking off. Before we go, we'd like to remind you to hit subscribe and check out all of our sister shows at earverm.com. That's E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Other ways to get in touch with and follow us will be in the show notes. And as always, we want to give a special thanks to our editor, Stephen Gady, and Ian Ford for our theme song, Tracks. Until next time, I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. Up, up, and away. 